Broadcasting from the Any Hour Services Podcast Studios, I'm your host, Mike Wilson, and you're tuned in for another episode of Who's in the House. You're going to want to see and hear who we got. Stick around. Who's in the House is a series where we meet the men and women who help keep the systems in our home running, the tradespeople that keep our home safe and comfortable. Today, I'm joined by John Lawrence. Uh, thanks for coming in the studio, man. Pleasure. Pleasure being here. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good. Uh, take a second, introduce yourself to those that are listening. To, uh, when you introduce yourself, include like what you do okay. and like you know stuff like that. Uh, well, like you said, my name is John. Um, I do uh, HVAC tune-ups for any hour services. Um, that's pretty much it for that part. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's that's that was good. You nailed that. Uh, so, tell me, are you are you from Utah? No, originally I'm not. Originally not. Yeah. So tell me where you're from. I'm, I'm actually uh, one of, another one of our Missouri boys that are in an art department. Really? Yeah. Um, did you guys come over together? No. So, um, <laughs> so your last guy, Mike, um, he was, he's been here longer than I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only been in Utah since 2019. Um, but we're around, we're from around the same area, really? around the Kansas city area. Um, just different, like actual cities. Um, I can't remember where he's from exactly, but my hometown's Lisa, Missouri. Gotcha. Uh, but never, never knew each other before no. coming here. Nope. <clears throat> Is any hour where you guys like made that connection or did moving to Utah, did you guys meet up anywhere else or not meet up? It's like, you know, I used <laughs> to get this question when I was, uh, I lived in Arizona for a couple of years mm-hmm. and I was, you know, they would say, where are you from? And I'd say, well, I grew up in Louisiana, Georgia, and that gave everyone the, I don't know, permission to think of anyone that they knew that was from the south and ask if like oh do you know so and so and so i was like uh where are they from they're arkansas I'm like hmm, nope nope different different place <clears throat> anyway but uh I, I feel like i was doing that to you just then but now i know why they did that because you should you should know him you, you would think so yeah it's just one state there's two of you you should you should know. know each other um all right so tell me um when did you move to Utah? Um, so we, my wife and I, we got here in October, 2019. Um, so like I said, I was originally from Missouri, um, but I was, uh, in the military. And so I was stationed in Texas and then, um, to cut the story short, we, we moved to California for a little bit. And after living there for a little while, we moved to Utah for a better living, basically for the two of us. Gotcha. What, uh, branch of the military? Army. Army. Yep. Nice. Thank you for your service. I appreciate that. You you, uh, you actually have a, uh, you know, I could beat you up vibe. Like <laughs> no. Definitely, uh, you know, it's all those eggs you're eating <laughs> in the morning. It's all eggs, yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay, well, let's 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 go back. Growing up in Missouri, let's, let's go through the process. Because ultimately, what I want to learn about you and, and, and share for the show is I want to figure out your journey from, you know, a kid to being in the trades okay. and how you got there. So, uh, growing up, did you want, did you see yourself, you know, young John, little John, can I call you a little <laughs> sure. John? Okay. Uh, John L wait, L's for Lawrence, yep. but like Robin hood, John little probably never heard that before. No, I used to do, um, if you, uh, to have you ever seen Cobra Kai, 
Yes. So I, that's where I get some nicknames from. from got it. Because of, of John Lawrence in the, in the show. Got so. it, got it, got <laughs> it. Uh, okay, so when you, were, uh, when you were young, did you ever see yourself as be a technician in the trades, like plumber, HVAC, electrician? No, not even, not even close. Not um, even actually, close. When, I, when I grew up, uh, it wasn't even in, even in my mind at all. So I actually originally wanted to be a police officer, and I was a police officer actually for a short time. Really? Um, so when I grew up, um, I had I basically how, how that got started in my life is I was in junior high or high school. I can't remember which one. And I actually witnessed a car accident in front of me and mm. I helped out and I called the police and, um, I was probably a half a mile down the road from the actual police station. And I actually saw the cop car coming, screaming with his lights and sirens coming. And then the fire truck came from the opposite direction. They, you know, did the scene and everything gave my statement to the officer later than that day. Nothing happened. It was just a regular accident, but that's kind of was what sealed the deal of what I want to do and what I kind of strive to do. Um, so I went to, I did several different jobs. I've done several different things, um, but I went to college for law enforcement. I got my criminal justice degree. Um, and then, um, without having really any experience, I decided to join the military to get experience to kind of, kind of grow up a little bit, get experience. So I became a military police officer. Um, and in the military, not only was I an MP, but I was actually a, a dog handler in the MP. So I was a canine handler in the military. That's and so cool. that kind of enhanced my, my, I guess my degree or, or my, pro, or, you know, how I look on paper. Made you more desirable. Exactly. Gotcha. And so, so I got, um, I left active duty in 2017 and then I actually went into policing for about a year. Um, so I went to the Academy, um, got hired on, worked as an actual police officer for about a year. Um, ended up not being the job that I thought it was going to be. Um, don't really thought I was, I didn't really think I was that good at it either. Um, so, um, after I left, um, I was trying to kind of find myself again. Um, so I did some odd different jobs. Um, I actually worked for Comcast for a little bit. Um, after that, um, that's when we decided to move to, uh, Utah cause I was in California when I was a police officer and worked for Comcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we moved to Utah to, you know, have a better living, like I said, and I got a job working for a garage door company, um, here locally in Utah and it was great. But then when COVID hit their business dropped significantly. Mm, and so after that, you know, I was, I was kind of still in that fighting myself stage before I left California. I was actually in the process of becoming an electrician actually. Really? Um, yeah. I actually had my, um, about to get, schedule my test date to become an apprentice. Mm. Um, but we left right before I could do that. So after I lost my job for the garage door company, um, I, I think I applied for a few different things. I ended up applying here at any hour for to be originally to be a drain deck. Mm. And so when I came in for the interview, um, Dustin, who one of the recruiters, he was like, dude, I don't need you as a drain tech. I need you in HVAC because you got, you got enough experience to, to do basically all of that stuff. Sure. And so he asked me like, you know, of the, of the hierarchy of the trades, what's your hierarchy? And I said, you know, I originally, originally wanted to be an electrician. Um, but I never really thought about the other two. Um, so he's like, well, in HVAC, you can pretty much do all three. And so that's kind of how I got started here. Um, and so starting to tune ups like I am right now, um, only been here for, a, it's a, it'll be a year in about six days, which cool. has been really fun. Um, it's been, other than the military, it's probably my, my favorite job that I've had, honestly. Mm. So that's awesome. It's a really nice company. And it's really fun to be here. Honestly. That's cool. So, all right. So you're in Missouri mm-hmm. and, uh, 
want to be a cop, you go to college first, yep. get your law degree or criminal, what criminal you justice, criminal yeah. justice degree. And then you decide to go into the military to gain experience, yep. uh, to be more cop like, yep. um, when you went in or you moved to, did you go to Texas for basic training or was that where you were deployed to? Um, so I went to basic training in Missouri at Fort Leonard Wood. Okay. Um, that's where the, the military police school is for the army. Gotcha. And then I got stationed at Fort hood in Texas. Gotcha. Um, and then that's where I spent, I, I spent all of my active duty time on the United States side there, but I did the one deployment overseas gotcha. while I was, um, active duty. So. Awesome. So, uh, four year, uh, commitment when you signed up or is the was, MP school different? So for me, it was a five year active duty commitment, but it was a, a total of eight years. Um, wow. so it was five years active and then it was three years, uh, inactive ready reserve. So if something happened that they would sure. say, okay, come back and gotta do some more stuff for us. They can um, call you up. Yeah. Um, but I got honorably discharged in 2019. That's so awesome. I got my certificate and everything. So, so when you are an MP, like what were your duties in the the army? So mine were a little bit different because I wasn't like a true MP because I was a dog handler. That was my actual job. Gotcha. So I did um, what's called the garrison side, which is working the actual base with my dog and being an actual MP. But I didn't do the actual law enforcement side as much. Um, I was basically there more as like a deterrent gotcha. um, to basically make people, you know, behave. <laughs> like the 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 soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's who we looked after. And so my main jobs on the base were to do gate checks. So to have my dog do gate checks, you know, search vehicles and stuff like that. And then if I was to get called out to a call, which was pretty rare, but I would pretty much just be there as more of a deterrent than anything. Um, never had to use my dog for anything, which was awesome. Um, which was kind of weird because it was a big fluffy German shepherd. It was a great looking dog. Um, but as soon as I pull, anytime I ever had to pull him out of the car, everybody just kind of like, okay, straighten up, huh? straighten up, <laughs> like, oh, just got real. Yeah. So did you, um, did you train your dog or did it come to you trained? So my, myself and the dog that I had, and so we were pretty much, what was his name? Rex or her Rex. Yeah. Rex. Um, we were both newbies when I got him. So he, he's never had a, a true handler. I'd never had a true dog. So okay. we were both newbies. It was kind of it's not rare anymore, but it was kind of rare at that time. And so he was initially trained, um, for the, the basic training base of the dogs get at Lackland air force base in Texas. Um, when he went to Fort hood, he had never got the full initial handler training. So I assisted with, with trainers. I assisted him in bringing him up into the actual, to get better, um, for our certification processes in the military. And so he and I certified, I think three times, um, within the time frame that we had together it was almost four years that we were together. Mm. Um, but initially he had like the basics down, but we had to fine tune his training. Gotcha. So that's cool. Um, so when you, you say you guys were together for mm -hmm. four years, yeah. did you get another dog after that? Or how does, how does their service work? Are they in till, are they a lifer? Pr pretty much. Um, so the way that military dogs work is that, um, there's, there's different, instances where something might happen differently, but for the most part, they're in for their, their life, um, until about on the German separate side, maybe about eight to nine years old, hmm. Belgian Malinois are a little bit, might last a little bit longer, like 10 or 11 years. Um, but when they get to the point to where 
they can't function as well as they can, they get retired out or they go through different processes to basically end their military career. Gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, after you ended with Rex, mm -hmm. uh, did you get another dog? Sorry. I, I, I don't remember what your answer was on that. Uh, no. So with the amount of time that we had, so I only had a little bit of time left in the military. So they, we kind so of, by the time you get to the dog handler, uh, or actually getting mm -hmm. a dog, you didn't have, so I, in my mind, I was thinking <laughs> like you go in and like you, you immediately go to dog handler and I'm thinking eight year career there. But so, um, so when I, after I got out of basic training, I took, it was three months in dog school at Lackland Air Force Base. Mm -hmm. And then when I got to Fort Hood, that's when I got assigned my first dog, which was Rex. Gotcha. Um, while I was there, I assisted with training other dogs, like helped out with other handlers I see. and the trainers and stuff like that. Um, but when, uh, uh, the time that Rex and I, our partnership ended, I did not get another dog to train. I helped out with, you know, taking care of other dogs and training other dogs with other handlers. But I had such short time left in the, in the military active duty that they really didn't feel like it was worth giving me another dog, which I totally agreed with because you, I was leaving pretty soon. So, so. but when you would do your patrols, mm -hmm. would you just take a, another dog with you and like patrol or since you didn't have like a specific partner that you right. know dog somebody else would do that yeah Part somebody else would do that so do that. when i basically when our last certification ended um i was basically put on like more maintenance tasks like mm -hmm. make sure that the kennels were good and, and clean and stuff like that and helping out with with uh training on during the actual day and stuff like that so i didn't do any actual patrols after his and i partnership ended do how often are dogs deployed like were, are there a lot of dogs like doing stuff over overseas oh yeah there there's a bunch of even even right now they're they're over there um depending on the dog and depending on how they act and how they are um a dog could easily see three to four deployments in its lifetime hmm. in its career um rex because of his and i partnership i think he only was deployed that i know of once with me and maybe another time with another handler after i left i don't know for sure with that one but there were there's dogs that we had that have had five or six deployments with different handlers just because hmm. they were had you know they go through one certification with one sure. handler and then a new handler comes and stuff like that so in your uh in your deployment out of the country did you were you an mp then yeah yeah dog handler yeah so i was okay. considered a, a military police dog handler but the actual role was different um gotcha. so my deployment was different than an actual mp role so i didn't serve necessarily the MP function while I was deployed. I served more of the, like the deterrent aspect and gotcha. my specific job that I was tasked to do huh. when I went over there. So sorry. So many questions. I, no, I, that's fine. I, I've not uh, discussed the, the, uh, the canine aspect of the military with anyone before. That's interesting. I would say any customer that I go to that asks, and I, when we start this conversation, this is pretty much the conversation that we have every time. <laughs> now you'll be able to cue this up and be like, well, I really need to get to this particular job, but right. I can get a lot of answers, I know. you know, to your questions by listening to this episode. Uh, okay. So, um, all right. So at what point did you, uh, meet your wife? So I had just gotten back from my deployment actually in 2014. Okay. Um, in Texas at the time, in Texas. Yep. Okay. Um, she was there in Texas living at the time, um, from Texas. No, she's originally from California, but she okay. was there for a, from a prior marriage actually. Gotcha. So we ended up meeting online actually. Um, we just messaged back and forth for a little while 
um, one day, um, she ended up having free time because she was working so much that said, Hey, you know, I have some free time. I had asked her out like previously. Sure. She's like, you know, I'm available at this time. Would you like to, you know, go do something? We ended up, you know, dating for quite a while. And so we've been together almost six and a half years wow. now. Um, and we've been married for about three and a half years now. Okay. So, and when you went to California, um, you were still in the military or no, I had just gotten done. Um, so I got done in January, 2017. And then we moved to California that March. So did you move there already having a, uh, police job lined up? Yeah. So that was the reason why our move was to there. So while I didn't know if she just wanted to get back home to California, well, that or, was part of it. Okay. Um, so the main reason we went to California is so prior to me leaving the military, we had a discussion of where did we want to go? Do we want to stay in Texas, go to Missouri, go to California or, or somewhere else? Sure. We decided to go back to California so that she can spend time with her grandparents who were there at the time. Um, they had since passed, um, but um, we were able to spend some good quality time with them. Um, they were great people. Um, even the short time that I had with them, they were great people. But before we went to California, um, I had already gone through the interview processes with several different departments and I, I got the initial offer and the final offer before moving mm, to California. Nice. So it kind of worked out the best way that it could have. Um, other than, you know, basically finding out that, that that wasn't the job for me ultimately. Sure. Um, but that's, that was the best way that it could have happened, honestly. Gotcha. So, what was it about, uh, policing that didn't jive? What, like in your mind, you thought it was going to be one thing and it was different. What, what, what was it not? Um, yeah, that's pretty much what it was. So when I grew up, my whole goal for policing was to go and help people. That's kind of how I think how all young kids want to do they want to go and help people sure protect and serve protect and serve exactly um wear the uniform have the badge however you want to look at it um it is a lot more than that um it is helping people but most of the time you're going to some you're going to see somebody on their worst day of their life um whether it's something small like a car accident or maybe something smaller than that or it could be even something worse like a death in the family you're mm -hmm. there to do your job um sure. and so could i handle it yeah but it ended up being a lot of stress on my life and my marriage with my wife. So I bring it home every single day and sure. it got to the point to where to me personally, it wasn't worth it. Um, and so, and feeling that I wasn't really good at it. Um, I ended up deciding that, you know, wasn't right uh, gotcha. for me. So, so, um, when you, when you left the, the force and you are still in California, did you get something else there in California or did you decide, okay, fresh start starting over and did, were you, did you do other things in California after you left? Yeah. Um, so uh, after I left, I got a couple of like small jobs, um, like very small, like working at a grocery store and stuff gotcha. like that. Just something to pay the bills. Yeah. Something to pay bills. Um, I was a meat clerk for a little while. So like I knew like, like fish, like, like I apparently learned fish really well. So I knew how to like, you know, cut it up and cook it and stuff like that too. There you go. Um, but that's when I worked for Comcast was in San Jose, California. That's right. Okay. And, um, so I worked there for, it was almost a year, I think. Um, and it was a great job. Um, it was kind of close to what I do now because you deal with wiring is more low voltage wiring and the, the cabling. Um, but I got to climb up telephone poles and crawl under houses. So it's kind of oh. similar to what I do now. Um, but with, um, how expensive California is, sure. um, we were struggling for a little bit. And so we decided, so we, we went to Las Vegas for my wife's 30th birthday and we ended up going to St. George for a day and we loved, we both loved it. And so we decided like, Hey, let's look into Utah. Let's, why not? 
And so there was nothing there for us in St. George employment wise, but we both got jobs around the Salt Lake city area. And so, um, after getting both of our jobs, we ended up moving here within like two weeks of getting our jobs, nice. um, which cost us quite a bit of money to leave oh. California. But ultimately we're a lot happier and a lot better off now than there as beautiful of a state it is. It's, it's expensive. Uh, so, sure. and here it's not as much, so it's, it's a better life for us here for sure. Gotcha. So you get to Utah, uh, you now, when you were, um, you had mentioned looking into getting your electrical that was in, uh, California, yep. right? You were getting ready to test when you came to Utah. Um, uh, what did you do? And did you intend on continuing that path of becoming an electrician? I actually did think about it for quite a bit. Um, so like I said earlier, I got into the garage door company that I would work for. And so that was when you first moved out. Correct. Here. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, I liked working there. It was a good company. It still is a good company. Um, but I'd never really saw being a long term. Um, I was trying, um, but there were some days where it was kind of really frustrating, gotcha. like most days and, and work. Sure. Um, but you know, I always kind of had that that trade mentality in the back of my mind. Like you know, that's kind of the, the the thing. Like trades are always going to be here. They're always going to be needed, especially with the new technology and stuff coming up. There's always something to learn. So when I came in, I interviewed with Dustin um, for any hour. Um, he was like, you know, HVAC is the up and coming trade that, you know, there's always something to learn. And he's right. Every, I learn something new every single day, even on tune-ups. We'll find, I'll find something that I've never seen before. And I'm like, okay, I need to call somebody now. <laughs> you know, even only been here for a year, I've seen quite a bit of stuff. Sure. But in, in the trades in general, it's just something that's not going to go away. And it's it's a it's a more long-term uh, solution for sure. So working at the garage door company, um, uh, COVID hits, they have to downsize, yep. you lose your job yep. there. Uh, did you, so then you started looking for jobs and trades. Yep. Um, what did you, how, where did you find any hour? So I think when I was looking for employment, um, I think I initially found them, I want to say on LinkedIn. Um, I think that's how I found them. And so, like I said, I, I originally applied to be a drain tech just to at least get into something. I think I applied even for some other companies for various positions. I can't remember now, um, but I didn't have any certifications for anything. And sure. so when I came in to be a drain tech, I was like, yeah, you know, a drain tech, that should be pretty easy to get into. Well, when I got here and talked to Dustin, he was like, you know what, you're, you're the good fit for the HVAC side. We'll, we'll, we'll get you going on this stuff and you'll get on the right path to get on the right path to this career field. And so, um, yeah, so that's how can I start here and I've been loving it ever since. So gotcha. that's cool. So, um, HVAC, how, what was the learning curve? Like, uh, how did the training process go for you? So I think I learned pretty quick on how to look at the systems. Um, so I started on the AC side. Um, so that's how I got trained was on the AC units and kind of figuring out how to look at those, which is actually harder diagnosing the AC units than it is the furnaces. Mm. Furnaces are a simple process for the most part. And there's a certain sequence that they do and you can kind of figure out within that sequence what's going on. Sure. ACC units are a little bit different with the refrigerant side because there's a lot of numbers you have to look at and you know, it, there's a lot of different things that it could be. There's not one answer necessarily. Um, but you know, I started on the AC side, um, which took a little bit of learning for me, even after I got done with training 
that I still had to make some phone calls. Like, hey, look, this is what I got. I think I know what it is. For the most part, I usually say, okay, I think I know what it is, but I have to confirm it with somebody else just to make sure. Sure. So that's been, that was a struggle at first. But then when the furnace season came, not looking at the actual furnace sequences was even more of learning curve, at least at first. Um, but it's been fun, honestly, even just learning and kind of like looking at systems, even ones that are like so advanced that you really don't have to do anything to them on the tune-up. Just look at them, see how they function. So, um, but I still learn every single day, even with, with the brand new units that are coming out, mm-hmm. there's always something to learn with them. What's, uh, if, if somebody was thinking about getting into the, the trades, um, do you have any advice for them? Go for it. Go for it. Yep. I, if, if I would have known about it longer, long ago, um, probably still would have joined the military just for that aspect of it. <clears throat> but it's, it's, it's one of those careers that you, I don't think you can go, go, go wrong with it. Um, whichever field you decide to go in. Um, but I think you, those who are thinking about it kind of research it, um, at least kind of figure out kind of what you think you want to do. Mm-hmm. If you're a person that is handy with tools, I mean, all these careers are good. Um, but definitely do your research, but it's whichever route you go, it's, it's definitely a, a a good choice. Were you, um, handy at a young age or like coordinated that way, mechanically minded, like growing up? Is that something that resonated with you? I wouldn't say that I was like, like, like tool wise that I, I handled a lot. I, I played sports a lot, so I had hand, hand eye coordination for sure. Um, I would say more as an adult, that's when the mechanical part came in. Um, after, after several jobs that I've had, like with Comcast and the garage door business and, working with tools all day long, I always found it like working with my hands is, is enjoyable. I think most guys find it the same way. Um, but when you're there and you're trying to diagnose the problem, that's the best part is that you're trying to figure something out. And I think that's what intrigues me the most about, um, uh, HVAC is that when I actually have a problem to solve, trying to dive into it to see what's going on with it. Gotcha. So you like the, the mental aspect of it. The, yeah. The, games that you play trying to figure that stuff out yep um how how is the um service side of the business where you're like dealing with people do you like the uh figuring out the problems with the equipment more or do you like the interacting with people more i think it's kind of both um so I'm a very people person. Um, I enjoy talking to people. I think that's more from the military side is that once I was, I was very shy before I went to the military and the military kind of brought that out of me a little bit, mm. but dealing with the customers is probably the best part of the entire job because, um, one, it's kind of how we deal things and how, how our service system is, is that we're different from other people is that I think that's why people go with any hours that they enjoy kind of what we bring to the table. Um, we have a certain way that we do things that are different from other companies and the fact that, you know, we go rock to the door and we're generally there as a friendly person trying to help somebody. I think that's the best aspect of it. Um, I still like to figure out the problem with the equipment. If there is a problem, most of the time there's not, but if there's something that can be done to improve the system or make sure that it doesn't break down for futures, which is what tune-ups is for, mm-hmm. um, talking to the customer is the best part, I think of the two for sure, because you could, you can become, they, you can make somebody a customer for life just with simply talking to them about either their equipment or even something that they're interested in. Um, and that's how you connect with the customer. I was reading some statistics, uh, yesterday actually. And it was saying that like, uh, it, it was 
there were like a couple of different statistics, but like a really high percentage of customers. Like there was one that was like 76% and there was an 83%, but they all focused around how much, um, people value the experience that they have. So, so yeah, they want to get their problem fixed yep. too, but the way that they go about it or, or the, the experience that they have in that journey of getting it resolved can, can really make a difference in how that customer views, uh, you know, the company that they choose yep. to come out there and do that. And having done so much stuff in my house and right now I'm going through a kitchen remodel mm -hmm. or actually several different remodels and having so many different companies come out to my home. The thing that makes the biggest difference is the service provider that's yep. out there. And so you have, you know, almost, almost a hundred percent control over, uh, how that customer feels about any hour, because yep. even though they responded to a marketing piece and called in on the phone and got the, the call booked, you know, I, and sometimes it's hard for, for technicians to, they love to get the, the positive reviews and they mm -hmm. own like, oh, oh, things are doing so good. And I, I did that, but they don't, they don't necessarily always think about the, the, the opposite side of that. You yep. know, if a customer has a good experience or a bad experience, it's usually with that, that person. And so you've got a lot of, uh, responsibility, but also a, a really big opportunity to impact the the lives of people in a positive way. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, what, I mean, you, you've been here for almost a year and having been a technician, I know that technicians have stories that they always are swapping <laughs> when they get together and stuff. Do you have any cool stories so far in like, what's, what's the craziest, uh, you know, service call you've been on? Don't, I don't name names. I won't name any names. Um, I really don't have really anything. Um, Tune-ups is like, it's, it's different. Um, we go to systems that are currently working or at least supposed to be working. Um, and then we just make sure that the system is still properly working or if there's stuff that needs to be addressed that we address it preventatively. Um, so I don't really have anything crazy. I've been to like some jobs where like the crawl, the crawl spaces were pretty gnarly you know, pretty gnarly or um or climbing onto a roof for an ac unit that's that's kind of fun sometimes um, in a residential last yeah in a res yeah there's there's still houses out there to where i was actually at one i think um a week or two ago to where you know he had his furnace was in his attic and you know that's that's pretty common in utah sure. um but he's like oh with well, the ac units on the roof i'm like really <laughs> and so I go out onto the deck and the, the, the deck was high enough to where I, I didn't need a huge ladder to get up there, but I had to actually go on to probably two or three different levels of the roof to get up to it. And huh. so that was, those, those are interesting. Um, sometimes, um, but like on like condos, um, those sometimes will have uh, rooftop units to go up to. And that makes so sense. that's, you know, with the, with the ladders that we have, um, I had one probably even a couple, a week prior to that one where it was a, a unit on the roof and, my ladder wasn't quite tall enough to get right to it. So I had to figure out a, a different path to get to it. So I actually had to go around the building to a smaller or a shorter roof, climb onto that one, then climb onto the next roof without a ladder, um, which is kind of that. <laughs> roof ladder and roof work was my least favorite part. I, I installed the dish network for a while. Yeah. <clears throat> and that was, that was my least favorite part. There was only one time. See, I don't, I don't do well with heights. <laughs> um, and so anyway, but there was this, there was this one time when I had to go up a really, uh, steep pitched roof. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's like this for everyone else in the world, but for me, 
and maybe it's a mental thing, but it's a lot easier to go up than it is, it is. to come down. Nope, 100% agree. <laughs> and uh, so I got up this really high-pitched thing, and I realized quickly that, like, I'm not getting back down to that ladder. <laughs> yeah. And so I had to I had to call the homeowner uh, to come and move my ladder for yep. me so yep. I could, like, get down to a spot. Yeah. Anyway, it was uh, – that was – that was crazy. I was sitting up on the roof after <laughs> I did my 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 uh, work there. Um, what about have you coming across a system that you're like because you're going out for maintenance, yep. right? Just to uh, you know do the check, make sure everything is functioning the way that it should, and and get it back to to you know the manufacturer spec. But are there any systems you've been out to where it's like I can't believe this thing's still like functioning? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I've, what do those look like? Um, they're, they're definitely the older, the older units, um, units that are, you know, 18 plus years old. Um, I had one, I think it was last week that I couldn't even, I don't even know how old it was because I haven't actually seen it before. Hmm. Um, it was, it was a, a pilot, a standing pilot light. Um, so I knew what that was. Um, but when I turned it on, so the actual burner assembly was on the bottom portion, um, most of them these days are on the top portion of the, of the furnace. Sure. So I turned it on and ignited and did everything it was supposed to do. And I told the lady, you know, it's working. Um, but her blower wheel had a whole bunch of dust and stuff in it. it the house or the, the, the building was built in the eighties. The so it was at least around 30 years old. Um, but I'm pretty sure the furnace was older than that. Um, Wait, eighties, that'd be almost 40 years yeah, old. Yeah. So it was, wow. it was, I, I told her like, I'm pretty sure this is the oldest furnace I've seen. Um, the one prior that was like from the, like six well i it was around the same probably the oldest one i've seen but i have never seen that brand before gotcha and so the furnace worked but she had mentioned the fact that she wanted um central air so like well we talked about it like you know this system is it's currently working you can do whatever it is you want to do but if something breaks down there's nothing to replace it i have nothing for you um so my suggestion to you is either one, you can keep it going, see how you feel. It was kind of hot in her house. So I was kind of concerned a little bit for her, but she was fine. But, um, with the age of the system, I was like, you know, if something breaks down, it's pretty much a replacement regardless. And so we ended up having one of our supervisors go out there and they got a new system, uh, I think last week. Mm. So, that's cool. um, and that's, and that's part of the tune-ups is that we go out there on the older systems is our job is not to make a sale our job is to inform the customer of how it looks especially on something that's safety related like on a heat exchanger um, we have to inform the customer and they decide what they want to do ultimately which is the best part about it they have they make the ultimate decision we're just there to kind of help them I, I guess in a way i'm um, just say hey look this is what you got this is what you can do these are the options for you gotcha so, that's cool uh what what would you say is like the most satisfying part of, of your job, what you do? I think just making the customer happy. Um, you know, like we were talking earlier, any hour has a, a, a certain way that we do things. So we quite figure, we literally roll out a red carpet when we go up to a job, well, at least we should. Um, and I've been trying to get a lot better at that because, um, that it makes the experience like we were talking about earlier. And so you roll up to, you roll out your rug and you say, good morning or good afternoon. And you just make the experience good for them, whether it's just the $29 tune-up, everything works great, it's a brand new system, whatever, or they have some stuff that we need to talk about and you take care of that portion of it. Um, but ultimately making the customer smile, making them say, hey, look, your system looks good, and they're actually happy with the experience. That's that's the ultimate goal in every call. Is it 100% of the time? No. Um, but 
98% of the time I would say, yeah, it's a good call regard. It's a good call regardless, but at least making the customer happy, knowing that they got the experience that they deserve. That's the best part. So within that, uh, service system that you're running, do mm -hmm. you have any, uh, you know, tips for, for technicians that are, that are listening? Like, Hey, something that you've kind of discovered and, and put your own little spin on as far as like what you do on every job that you've found, uh, you know, that customers respond well to. I think just being genuine. Um, I've had days to where I, where maybe I'm focusing not on the right part of the job. Um, but if you just go in and you be genuine, say, you know, good morning, good afternoon, just be friendly, cordial with them. And then just give them that, that will be called the five-star experience. If we, if that's what you're given, whether you make, you know, the repair or if they're just doing a, a brand new system tune-up, that part doesn't matter is that you're there just to provide that service and you're providing that five-star experience what we're what we're taught to do and what we're there for is is that that's what you should be there for um mm -hmm. do i have any particular tips not particularly um i think every technician has their own way of doing things and that makes it successful for, for them me for it's just being cordial um especially right when they open the door you say good morning so and so whether it's by their last name from coming from a military expect uh, perspective I usually go with the last name, like Mr. So-and-so. Um, but sometimes I'll do the first name, um, but it doesn't always feel right for me personally. So fair enough. I, I think I was the same way that way. Um, any, any final suggestions for, uh, like you said, if there's anyone that's thinking about getting into the trade, you said, go for it. But is there anything that they should be looking for in a company that they are going to uh, partner up with mm -hmm. essentially. Cause I mean, that's what you're doing when you are, you know, building a career right. is it's not just you building this career. It's, it's you choosing, you know, a partner that's going to help you further that career. So when they're looking for a company, any suggestions for them of what they need to be looking for in a company? Um, specifically, definitely do your research of the company like look at the company's website look see what are their do they have core values they have are they transparent um if you can do a ride along with the company that's another great aspect with our company with all the videos that we have of our company we're completely transparent gotcha so um something like that or even if you just go online and you google google their reviews it'll tell you how they're doing um so did you see our our uh, ride along series and and yeah. all of that stuff yeah. before you I've came on board I've, I've watched several different like in the house or ride along series just to kind of see like how do we how does any hour do their, their stuff and um i was intrigued pretty much by day one so it was, it was pretty fun gotcha. to look at that's awesome um okay so because we have people that are we have people that are listening uh, across the country, mm -hmm. you know, all over the place. Uh, and and they are you know, all the time. I see comments coming through like, oh, whether it's on the ride along videos or the podcast or whatever, you know, I'm thinking about getting into the trades. Do you have any suggestions for me? And so when you're looking for a company, um, what's is, is there like, do they need to like look for? benefits do they need to ask some specific questions about how they uh you know perform their service mm -hmm. like give, give them uh some suggestions of what they can do to be proactive when they're looking for a company i think that's definitely part of it to look at what does the company provide for you when you're working there um but also um how i guess the best way to look at it is like how how 
how would you look work how would you look working for the company if that makes sense mm-hmm. um you know does it does it look does it feel like a good fit um are they doing what they're supposed to do are they a an honest trustworthy company do do the customers generally like how they're doing um you know companies do different things and they do their own sequence of you know their service systems or whatever you know but um if you have a person that you can go into to actually ask questions that's definitely a good thing to do too is ask somebody who actually works for the company do they generally like working for the company they'll they'll tell you honestly whether it's mostly it'll be behind closed doors sure but they'll give you an honest answer um and so yeah those are the the basics that i would say like definitely research the company if you have somebody to ask ask them see how they like it um Mm. and then don't just look at one company don't put all your eggs in one basket look at several so did you were you looking at several when you came to any hour yeah actually i I mean i looked at a couple um locally um but ultimately um what made the difference i think just when i walked in the door and how the interview process went um you know, when I talked to Dustin, he and I had a good, probably hour long conversation about not even really an interview. It was just a conversation. And then, um, the next day he was like, Hey, we want you to come back. And I interviewed with Jeremy, um, the next day. And he and I talked for about an hour, hour and a half as well. And that's kind of what sold me is that even the, you know, the, the higher up guys, they're willing to come and talk to you and say, Hey, look, you know, we want you here that's it. Like, you know, if you're ready, let's go. And I was ready to start work the next, that following Monday. Mm. So that's awesome. That makes the difference. Honestly, it's like the, the management staff generally wants our guys here. That's what makes the difference. I think. Gotcha. Well, that's awesome. Um, any final thoughts, words about the HVAC industry before we wrap? No. Um, I, like I said, if it, if it's something that you guys if that somebody's thinking about going into, I say go for it. Um, there's definitely a lot of learning curve, um, things to look at, and there's always stuff to learn. But in trades in general, that's definitely the way to go um, for if you're looking for a new career field. Gotcha. So. Well, that's cool. Um, well, I appreciate you coming in and you know visiting with us. Uh, we are going to move on to the segment of the show uh, where that we we call "Don't Judge Me," but I'm going <laughs> to do it a little bit different okay. today especially since you're familiar with, uh, you know, with the show. So instead of giving you an either, or I'm going to ask you like, you know, your favorite and then just a category and then, and then we'll go from there. Does that work? Yeah. Actually, let me go back real quick. Do you have a dog now? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Did did you, do you train, did you train it to be like, uh, you know, super obedient, like, like, is it a, is it a military dog? Like where it's like, you you know, you're walking along, you don't need a leash. It just follows you. And you see those videos, uh, online of people, you know, walking through the grocery store and the dogs like between their legs and like doing all kinds of stuff like that. Not even close. Not even. (laughs) That's awesome. No. So, uh, my, so my, my military dog was a German shepherd, my current dog, um, who is my wife's dog originally, but now it's our dog. And, mostly my dog, um, a little Pomeranian. So kind of the opposite. <laughs> uh, but do, do you like, have you trained it so that it's like somewhat obedient or just like, no, it's just, a she, yapper. She's, she's pretty obedient. Um, do I have any specific commands or anything for her? No, she kind of knows how to sit and she, she knows the, the, the bark word or what or whatever speak yeah speak yeah that's what we <laughs> use too word. yeah um but as far as actual like obedience we haven't done anything um she's she's 
nine years old so i I tend to let her be a dog and when we go they do say you can't teach an old dog new tricks i would disagree if you if you do it right if you do it right well there you go see then then the age you know nine years old that's that's, you know (laughs) yeah you should try get her ready for you know the doggy olympics all right here we go uh don't judge me let's uh favorite food Ooh, mexican food mexican food um favorite are, are you a soda drinker no Okay, favorite beverage? Um, probably Gatorade okay. or Powerade. Um, mostly Powerade because it's cheaper, but um, it, a hydration drink, I guess. Gotcha. Uh, favorite music genre? Ooh, uh, either hair metal or metal, I guess. <laughs> I know it's weird, I know. <laughs> Were you expecting that, Austin? <laughs> I was not expecting that. Okay, uh, uh, I was going to... In my mind, I was thinking I would ask the, you know, favorite song, but I, that is one genre that like I couldn't, I couldn't name unless it was like a Metallica, but like, I, I don't know that Metallica, when I hear hair, like metal, like I I think that Metallica is probably on the softer side of, of metal. Yeah, maybe. Um, Maybe. I, I don't know. They're. They're, I don't know if they're, they wouldn't say that, yeah, of course, they and they that. would probably beat me up yeah, for, um, you know, implying it, but you uh, don't get to be mainstream. Hair metal <laughs> is not mainstream. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, mostly like, like Def Leppard is like my main thing with that. So I don't know if that's hair metal, but I think it is. Um, but Def Leppard is like the, the, the genre, the eighties, the eighties genre okay. that I like, 80s if that metal. makes sense, more, make more sense. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Then so poison and yeah. like, you know, yep. those things. All right. That that makes me feel a little bit better. Okay. <laughs> oh, favorite song then? Um, it's actually not from them. It's actually uh, if you've it's heard like of, a Broadway musical. No. <laughs> um, if if you know, it, it's called Inside Out from Five Fear and Death Punch. That's that's my favorite song. Mm. Um, it's just whenever, especially when I go exercise, that's kind of a song that I start with to kind of give me my. I can't even like make the noise. I'm afraid to blow the microphone out, but like, I, I guess I can't, I couldn't see it. I, I, I will not be able to look at you without hearing, uh, you know, hair metal and like, know, right? out at the gym. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. Um, summer or winter summer. Um, what's your favorite sport? It used to be baseball, uh, probably now more football, just because it was more more contact, but it's most more violent. Yeah, matches yeah. the music. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, are you a TV guy or a movie guy? Television. What's your favorite show? Ooh, um, I think the the one I watch the most, which probably drives my wife crazy, but um, Impractical Jokers. Oh, really? Yeah, it's um, I watch I watch reruns all day long, and she cannot stand it. <laughs> Do you, do you guys, uh, like binge watch? Do you have like a, a show that you share that you like, you know, unwind and watch? Um, not right now. We, we've had several, um, like on Netflix, mm-hmm. we've had several different shows that we've just been watched and there's no more seasons coming yet, but like, um, like stranger things, um, that was, we binge watched that we binge watched Cobra Kai. Okay. Um, we've had several different shows that we've binge watched and we're just waiting for the new season to come basically. There you, uh, show you're most looking forward to a new season coming out of Ooh, um i guess between those two probably cobra kai just because it's 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 different but it's been entertaining my kids uh or yeah my kids got into cobra kai Mm -hmm. and they were like hey do you want to watch this with us and i was like yeah but 
should we probably go back and watch the karate kid right. first? <laughs> and they weren't interested. I was like, man, but there's three movies we need to watch. I know, right? <laughs> I ignore the fourth one with the with the with the girl, but maybe it's because I was too old, right? But anyway, uh, okay, so. Let's just we'll just blow through the rest of these. Uh, bath or shower? Shower. Pedicure or manicure? Manicure because I don't like my feet being touched first. Okay, <laughs> that works. Uh, flowers or chocolate? Chocolate. Now, did you perceive that question as like what you prefer to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get or what you prefer to give? Um, what I get. You um, like you what, like chocolate I, more than flowers. Yeah, when I give. Whether it's to my wife or my mother, or whatever, it's both. Both, <laughs> yeah. At the same both. time, just it's cover, yeah. cover try, all the bases. Try to do there. both. Yeah. Uh, pizza or burgers? Probably burgers. Really? Yeah. Uh, do you think pineapple belongs on pizza? No. Um, no. My wife would disagree. Okay. Um, I've tried it, and it's not a bad flavor combo, but I don't think it belongs on there. Hmm. Yeah. Why? <laughs> fruit and pizza just don't seem to mix for me uh, i'm 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 that attitude towards it like i had fruit on pizza just doesn't make sense there you go there you have it folks <laughs> the final word from mr john lawrence thanks again for coming on the show uh it's been a good good conversation <laughs> um if you would like to know more about any hour services or getting into the trades if you're if you're across the country actually do this leave me down in the comments if you're somewhere uh not in utah and you're and you're watching this and you're just like checking out the trades um or you're in the trades give some suggestions to people that are thinking about getting into the trades like when they're looking for companies what are some things that they need to look for let's bring some value to people down in the comments uh again thanks for for being here you've been listening to who's in the house if you'd like to know more about any hour services visit anyhourservices.com i've been your host mike wilson thanks for listening see ya 